So who do we have here? Patient name, John Doe. Arrived yesterday in a state of confusion. No identification, unwilling or unable to self-identify. Is that so? Sir? Sir, do you know your name? Uh, I did. Once, I think. That's great. At least we have a starting point, right? Well, we're gonna help you try to recover that, okay? We're gonna try to help you find out who you really are. I'm Dr. Ryan Strait, Assistant Professor at the University of Arizona, and this is The New Professor. on tips and tricks for getting started in the spring semester, but it occurs to me that I've done one, maybe a couple of those already, so a little bit of a topic change here. Not because I don't like repeating myself, which I do do regardless, but because of something that happened at the orientation last night. So some background. Every semester we offer new student orientations. I think we call them wildcat welcomes. The orientations go over the usual things you'd expect to be gone over at an orientation. You know, how financial aid works, and how advising works, and what kind of student life and engagement opportunities there are, and some info about the bookstores and the library and that kind of thing. You know, pretty standard fare, I think. However, the last portion of the orientation is saved for a faculty member to come in and talk about what it's like to actually be a student here. A likely description of the day-to-day of your classes, how to interact with your faculty, what to expect when you're taking accelerated classes like ours, and how best to learn online, so on and so forth. I have the privilege of usually doing like two or three of these every semester, and I do very much enjoy doing them. It's nice to get to talk to some students, even not my own students, which is pretty awesome in and of itself, in an honest and unfiltered way. It's also nice for them to be able to ask questions and get advice in the same manner, especially from a professor they're not getting a grade from. I've heard some pretty scary stuff from students in these situations in the past, things that I won't repeat here because they're just kind of bonkers, about various interactions that they've had with instructors up to this point. So it's a pretty great learning experience for me, too, in that I can bring some of those experiences back to my own faculty and maybe improve our behavior and policy. Anyway, we're having a great time, As always, students are laughing and engaging, which is pretty impressive because they've already been there for two hours and it's dark outside and it's getting cold and I'm still going to be talking for another 45 minutes or so, which is precisely what ended up happening. Toward the end of my spiel, I share a few different little one-offs that don't really fit anywhere in the orientation as per the topics on the slides. Stuff I've mentioned like on the pod before, you know, get a pseudo whiteboard from Home Depot and nail it to the wall, that kind of thing. So I look at the students and I say, buy your own website. Blank stairs. Like, yourname.com. Buy it. More blank stairs. I say it's $12 a year for a .com URL. And still, a sea of blank faces, and I realize they have no idea why I've said what I've just said. And this is the topic that I want to talk about today. Your digital identity. I say to them, when you're going up for a job, or even just trying to make a professional connection out there in the world, 
what do you think is going to give a better impression to someone that you are quite literally trying to impress? Oh, sure, you want my email? It's fluffypinkbunnytoes at yahoo.com. Or, sure, my email is me at myname.com. Their eyes light up. They understand. They get it. So I go on. This also gives you the opportunity to create your own website, a place for you to point people at that you have total control over. You can use it as a landing page with just links to other places like your social media or your current works website profile of yourself if one exists. You can use it as a place to showcase whatever work you've been doing throughout your degree. You could use it as an actual portfolio or a blog or a place to share photos and definitely a place to house your resume. Whatever you want, it's your space. But the important thing is that it is your named space. You don't have to have something like www.webelead.org slash username on your business cards or in your email signatures. It's, again, just yourname.com. I see smirks and nods. So I continue. And look, even if you don't use it, and you don't have to, you could just have it redirect somewhere else. It's totally up to you. Even if you don't use it, you owning it means that nobody else can own it. There's a level of protection there. Now, if your name is John Smith, you might have a hard time and need to get creative. Johnsmith.com is probably taken, but still. It's a dollar a month, and it's one of the best small investments you can make in terms of value for money. So that's the part of your digital identity that is passive, let's say, in that people need to go to it. But what about that part of your digital identity that is active? That part that you can take to them. Yeah, you know, social media. So here's the thing people forget about posting things on the internet. It's permanent. Sure, it may not feel like it because you can delete a tweet or remove a Facebook post, but effectively, it is permanent. The internet never forgets. And if you put it on the internet, it is not private. Those two things are diametrically opposed to each other. Now, sure, they can be secure and even encrypted, but those things are not the same as private. No amount of encryption can save you from someone stealing your friend's laptop and having access to everything you've shared with them online. In that way, being safe and secure both online and off, i.e. encrypting and locking your computers and hard drives using strong passwords and two-factor authentication and having a remote kill and burn switch for your devices, etc., is a lot like being vaccinated. It doesn't just help you, it also helps those around you. Anyway, you're putting stuff online. You're using your real name as a Twitter handle, like I and many others do. And that's on purpose. You're trying to build a, and I can't believe I'm going to say this word, brand. Your identity online is still just a version of you. A curated version that can also be unfortunately boiled down to a single 280 character tweet, for example, or one Facebook post you made while upset. It's easy to forget that people behind the usernames and avatars are actual humans and are therefore messy and complex and even self-contradictory. So we see a single message someone put online and probably didn't think all that much about at the time because it was in context and it made total sense even if it was, say, you know, a subtweet. But in two years, when someone runs across that one message without context and without understanding that it A, was a subtweet, and B... Knowing what that person was referring to, they can misconstrue just what was being said, and that, in turn, paints a picture of the person that in no way describes them as a whole. The solution? Get off the internet. <laughs> just kidding. It's 2020, we can't do that. 
One solution, if you don't like mixing your personal and professional personas, and man, so much alliteration lately, uh, and for many people in various professions, this is crucial, is just to have two accounts. Simple as that. On Instagram, this is known as Finsta and Rinstas, fake Instagram account and regular Instagram account, respectively. The Rinsta, regular one, is the carefully curated version of yourself that you want the world to see. It's performance, pure and simple. The Finsta, fake account, is a place to put everything that you would never consider putting on your, quote, real account. It's usually private, is tied to you by neither username nor picture, and it's usually just your close friends. This is a place to complain, to be silly, to share inside jokes, and to otherwise just be the rest of the real you, that messy human version. Which is not to say this needs to be confined to just Instagram. Many people have Twitter alts that serve the same purpose, for example. If you're concerned about how the world at large will see and possibly even judge you, and if you think that's harsh, remember we're talking about the internet here where the bravery of being out of range is endemic, try that Rinsta and Finsta method on for size. What it all boils down to is owning your identity online. Being the person you want the world to see and having full control over that. And it starts with your name. As always, thank you for listening to this little podcasty thing of mine. And also, happy 2020. <laughs> so if you found it entertaining or informative or useful, please do subscribe and rate it on the podcatcher of your choice, whether it is iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or however you listen. And as usual, I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at New Profcast, while show notes, transcripts, and more can be found on the website at thenewprofessor.com. Until next time.